and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about season five, episode 15, Homojo. Uh, or Homojo? I don't really know how to put the emphasis on that syllable. I think Homojo. Homojo? Because you want to you want to indicate that it's coming out of Mojo, I think. But like, is it coming out of Mojo or is it coming out of Homo? I think based on the context of the sentence, it's a specific kind of Mojo. So it should be It's a Homojo. homojo. Okay. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, I'm that... not positive we're saying it the same way. So, Jack suffers Karen's wrath when he's seduced into friendship with her manipulative British romantic rival who has set up house with Karen's ex-husband, Stan. Well, gives out some pretty important details. I agree. Um, the A-plot is following Will and Grace, who are friends, as they are reminded in this episode, when mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, we haven't hung out in like a million years. Yeah. What if we did that? They're really excited to like have their first like night together mm-hmm. in a long time. Um, and it's terrible because they haven't hung out in a while. Yeah. Um, but the other part of the B-plot that I think is interesting that the Hulu description doesn't mention is that this is the first introduction of Minnie Driver. Yes. Who becomes a recurring character as, uh, Lorraine, what is Lorraine's last name? Finster. Lorraine Finster, who's a a frequent... I I hope I'm not wrong about that. A frequent rich lady rival for Karen. And Karen used to have a lot more of these. Oh, I was right. Yes. I'm sorry. I was just very proud of myself for remembering that (laughs) off the top of my head. Yes. So, yeah, um, back in earlier seasons, we used to see this, like, Oftentimes, Karen's plots would be her various rivalries with other wealthy women. Mm-hmm. None We're, of whom reappear, reappeared, but yes, that was but fine. We know Lorraine is a recurring character. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is Lorraine. She is British, and she is the person that Stan was having an affair with. Yes, um, while he was in prison. While he was in prison, and then after he got out of prison yes. also. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see Lorraine again. So it's this is her introduction. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Matthew, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about your own impressions of Minnie Driver's character, seeing as you, Matthew kind of saw her backwards. So the first introduction he had to her was in the revival episode. Yes, and that's not the first time that's happened. Um, there are other characters who we see in the revival because of the show coming back and people wanting to be on the show. I mean, I think, did we see Elliot before revival? Or I think there was a bit of overlap there. There was a bit of overlap with that, but I think that you might have seen Beverly Leslie on the revival first. Beverly Leslie definitely on the revival first, I'm pretty sure. And I feel there was just someone in the back half of season nine as well. Who am I forgetting? Michael? Vince? It was Vince, yeah. Yes. Vince and and Leo as well. Yes, that's true. Matthew also met Leo for the first time in the revival after he and Grace have divorced. But I feel like now that I've met all of these characters in the original show, I feel like Lorraine is the first character who has really come off very differently for me. Because I love Lorraine in this episode. (laughs) I think she is so funny, so great, such a good foil for Karen. Yes. Like... Karen is kind of always the worst, but Lorraine is Karen if Karen didn't have the heart of gold inside of her. Right. She's like Karen if Karen was actually genuinely the worst. And like the younger model, but not really that much younger. Although I was floored by how much younger um, Many Driver looks in this episode than she does in the revival. Bitch, it's been like 15 years. I think it's just the way she's dressing. Like it, part of it was that it was at Rosario's Quinceanera, so it was like a funeral scene. Yes. But like... She is dressed to look younger than she really is, I suspect, in mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah, there's Whereas, a lot of leopard print going on. Yes, exactly. Whereas I think she's dressed to look older, probably, in Rosario's Quinceanera. Yes. Which is unfortunate, because Mini Driver is lovely. Yeah, she's also, like, doing a lot of stuff now. She's mm-hmm. starring in that show Speechless. 
Yeah. Um, she's living her best life. Also, I realized while I was reading her Wikipedia page earlier that the reason I always thought her voice sounded familiar on Will and Grace is because she voiced Jane in the Disney animated Tarzan. Yeah, that just blew my mind. And I used to walk around like doing my Jane voice. Be like, <laughs> and daddy, they took my boot. Yeah, I just... I was looking up more information about Minnie Driver's life and career, and I'm just fascinated because I've always kind of been abstractly aware of her, mm-hmm. but I, and I've seen her in things now I'm realizing. Like, I've seen her, obviously I've seen Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Phantom of the Opera where she plays Carlotta, who is amazing, who plays, she's like the diva in the opera before Christine comes in and steals her spotlight. Thank you for explaining because I had no fucking clue. I still can't believe you've only seen Phantom of the Opera one time. And I slept through most of it. Listeners, if you want Tess to watch Phantom of the Opera... Please write in. We'll give you information at the this end of the episode. This is like the one instance where my genderqueer bisexuality makes me a straight guy. I don't understand it because everyone is sexy in this movie. Yeah, but Gerard... You're so bisexual. No, no, you're wrong though because I don't find Gerard Butler attractive. Right, but you won't be tempted to think of him as a romantic hero because you're smarter than that. So he's just unabashedly the villain. But he's also a weird guy in a mask for most of the movie. Like, I think we should still watch it. That's not the point. I don't want to watch this, The guys. point is I... I'm fascinated by people who are famous, whose fame track has taken them on a path that has not intersected with mine very very often. Yes, Matthew views fame in relation only to himself. Well, I mean, you know, what else are you going to do? You're not going to view it in relation to other people. That would be stupid. Okay, Jack. So anyways, (laughs) let's talk a little bit about Jack and Minnie Driver's uh, Lorraine's plot this week. Well, the, the meat of the plot is that Jack is kind of uh, enlisted as Karen's proxy to go in and get the rest of her stuff out of her giant closet. Yes. So that's how he meets Lorraine. And unfortunately for Karen, Jack and Lorraine hit it off because Karen and Lorraine are the same person. Yes. So Lorraine, much like Karen, is extremely fabulous and extremely crass Mm -hmm. and just instantly clicks with Jack. Yes. And so like you just see Jack be like intensely torn because he wants to be like Lorraine's best friend, but he also wants to hate her because Mm -hmm. Karen. Right. I think the episode actually does this really well because it doesn't, like, it paints Lorraine as evil, but not, like, a bad person, if that makes sense. Right. Like, she's painted as, like, being, like, the sort of bad person that Karen is. Right. like... But when the three of them are together, like, you don't really get a sense that Karen actually hates Lorraine as much as she hates that Lorraine is with Stanley. Yeah, and even above that, she hates Lorraine is with Stanley, but she really gets her, like, claws out when she goes after Jack. She's yes. like, no, 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 Jack is mine. Yes. Like, you can have Stanley, whatever, I get right. the money, but not Jack. Yes, and I think that's really cute because it's, in their own twisted way, it's Karen and Jack reaffirming their friendship. That's all what this episode's about. It's about reaffirming these friendships that have been really frayed, yeah. Yeah, so um, basically the the the... The climax, sorry, I forgot how to say words. Um, The climax (laughs) of this arc is when in Karen's former giant closet, Mm -hmm. she confronts Minnie Driver and is all like, you can't have Jack. You can't have my man. You can't. Stan is fine, but not Jack. That boy is mine. (laughs) Um, But so that happens. And then unbeknownst to the audience, Jack has been in like the closetier parts of the closet this whole time. She's like, come on, Jack. And so then Jack like kind of like shrugs himself out (laughs) of the closet. And then they basically like air bud the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So like we have Karen and and Lorraine both being like, come on, Jack. Come on, good boy. Come with me. I thought this was a particularly good comic bit because I wasn't 100% sure whether I was projecting air bud onto it or not. And then Karen took out a tennis ball. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that was pretty great. Yes. That was pretty great for me. So in the end, Jack does pre- choose Karen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as he's walking out of the closet, he turns and he goes, hey, uh, Karen never dies. Call me. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is just the most... That's all Karen can ask for. I mean... Delicious. You know, if if she dies, she wants her gay to re-couple. Or yeah, gay. she wants him to love again. Yeah. She wants yeah. him to find someone new to pay for all of his bills. Yes. Because bills, bills, bills. Bills, bills, bills. Yeah. So that's... That was that. It was pretty great. Mini driver. And obviously, she'll be back again. Yeah, so we'll see Lorraine again, um, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I am excited now to see how this character develops into a character that I didn't really care for. But maybe I just didn't care for her because I didn't have the full context of her characterization. You That's know, possible. from my perspective, this is just like a random British rival of Karen's who shows up at Rosario's funeral and is mean to her. Right. Like, if I have the context for that scene, maybe I will understand it more. Who knows? All Tune right. in later. Tune in next time. Probably not, though. But probably not next time. No. Okay. So let's talk about Will and Grace. So I was thrilled to see this plot line only because... We put our heads together, and we're pretty sure this is the only Will and Grace plotline we've gotten in at least several weeks, if not before Grace got married, or even the beginning of the season. Yeah, like, the last, like, definitive, like, only about Will and Grace plot that I can actually pinpoint is the episode where they finally, like, resolve Mm -hmm. their tension about the fact that Grace decided not to have a baby with Will. And that's actually not a terrible move from a character standpoint i think it's really realistic that these characters would be less chummy after that really serious decision right especially since it resulted in grace getting a very serious boyfriend and ultimately marrying him yes um i do think the show did it on accident i don't yeah, think it I was i don't believe that was intentional it was not an intentional character choice because otherwise we'd have seen bits of it here and there right um but that's okay it works i mean it's you know, here now we love fridge it. logic you know how it is like yeah. you can make it if you can believe it it's real duh duh so, basically, we have Will and Grace, and they're so excited. They're finally going to get a night to hang out by themselves because Leo is in Africa. All right. And... Sidebar, it's weird that this hasn't happened yet chronologically because Grace doesn't have any other friends. Yes. It seems like we're supposed to believe that she's just gone to work and come home to Brooklyn every day for question Literally, mark, honestly, question she probably just could have moved back into Will's apartment for that entire month and it would have been fine. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But anyways, that's not the point. Regardless, so she's so excited and she comes over and she's very thrilled and she pulls out all of these cheeses mm-hmm. to discover Will is off dairy. Yeah, which is a fate worse than death for anyone, but especially the gays. Yes, so basically through that we kind of learn that Will and Grace have not been communicating at like their peak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a couple, like, weird things that, like, they both keep trying to do for each other. And then the other one's like, oh, yeah, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, like, Will is like, that's okay. It's okay that I'm off dairy and we can't do cheese night because I rented this movie. And Grace is like, I saw it, like, six months ago. With like, Leo, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, like, that's a very real thing. It definitely has happened. It's happened mm-hmm. with us, especially when we weren't living in the same city. Mm-hmm. Like, we got really excited to do something. And it's like, oh, but I can't. Because of this thing, yeah. this thing. And it was really... It was always very awkward to have those Mm -hmm. moments. And I think the show did capture that very well. Or even, like, just show cheating. Right. Like, I remember there was, like, a weird patch. I I don't remember if it was right when we moved in together or if it was right before where, like, we got really bad about show cheating with each other. Yes. And then we had to, like, have a talk about which shows we could show cheat on. Yes. um, Because I remember we were trying to watch Orange is the New Black at the same time. Right. But I, that was back in the early seasons when the show was good. So I always (laughs) wanted to binge it. And so, like, I just straight up, you went home one week and I watched the whole thing and you were just like, 
the fuck, man. Right, right, You right. do not talk to me about Whereas this. Whereas now you can go home and watch all of Orange is the New Black and I'd be like, oh. Oh, Tell what a relief. Tell me how it ends. Oh, when... what a relief. What oh. if we just watch the last episode of the season with you? I'm kind of tempted, honestly. You I do heard that. that there is an entire kickball plot line this season, by the way. I can't do that. I don't give a fuck. I, you said the words kickball plot line, and I just, in my brain, I was I like. I watched you leave your body. I, I left my body, and I went up into the place where I put the shows I'm going to watch, and I closed the door on Orange is the New Black. You were just like, no longer interested. <laughs> Out of order. Literally, like, I just, honestly, I think that they just need to take Piper off the show. They just. I don't care. She's taking up too much airtime and too much oxygen. I don't... Here's the thing. I honestly don't want them to take Piper off the show because I don't... I'm afraid of what would happen if they were given truly free reign to explore any plot line that they wanted because I am afraid that they would pick the wrong people. You know what? You're not wrong. Like, Tune in next week to talk more about Orange is the New yeah. Black on our Orange is the New Black podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's not... I guess that much plot to the Will and Grace plot. Other than that, they decide to get their homojo back, right. as Grace so prophetically says, yeah, by so, having game night. Yes. So basically, Grace kind of vents to Karen that she feels like they've lost their mojo, mm-hmm. their homojo. Right. And um, Karen's like, well, you need to, you know, you need to do what I would do when I felt like I was losing my spark with Stan. You know, like, go buy a sexy thong and um, dab some meat under your boobs or whatever. Right, right. And so Grace is like, Karen... You know, we don't have sex. And she's like, well, then do whatever your version of sex is. Mm. And clearly, game night. Right. I actually, small point of order, I kind of loved that this episode featured game night with both pairs of their couple friends. Yes, not just one. They kind of keep doing this thing on Will and Grace where they're like, it's game night between us and only one other couple, which mm-hmm. is not how any game night I've ever participated in works. Like, Honestly, it might just be because both of them have kids and they couldn't book the actors at the same time. Well, that just is. that Like, they probably just didn't want to book that many actors for the episode. Right. But, like, it's completely unrealistic that they would have, first of all, that they would have just two of their friends over, and then that they would play couple games. Right. Like, that's way too intense. Like, clearly, the three couples is the way to do game night. Right. Or more. Speaking of way too intense, the rules of game night are intense. You play for the suck on it cup. Yeah. Um, this... There is an actual rule book after the 1997 bathroom debate yes, or whatever. Which has rules for timeouts. Now, see, this is why I need more couple friends when I have a romantic partner. I was going to say, you aren't in a couple currently. That's right, the whole Right, but in the future. Podcast. Because you will not play board games with me because I will have rules like that. Okay, also, this is the thing. Like, as much as I love you and we have very much homojo... We do not have the Will and Grace variety, and we would be terrible at games like this because you don't know anyone's names. That's true. So I would be like, that guy from The Thing who did this, and you'd be like, Tom Cruise? And it would clearly <laughs> not be Tom Cruise. But, like, I could totally see, like, having, like, a board game night no. in the future that you aren't invited to. I'm hanging myself in the <gasps> Wait, background. will you watch my kids while I'm doing board game night with my other grown-up friends? Yeah, that sounds great. <gasps> Yay! Symbiosis. I won't play board games with them, though. No, that's fine. They'll play board games with me when they're old enough. Presumably, you'll have something else to occupy yourself by then. Coloring. Yeah, you can color by yourself. The kids can babysit you. Adult coloring. <laughs> just going to color in coloring books that just say, fuck! <laughs> oh, um, the cat. <laughs> hi, Eliza. But, so, cut to game night when we've learned that Will and Grace, they haven't quite gotten their groove back. Um, and this is pretty fun to watch because... Um, her, their friends are really sore winners. Right. So we've got Joe and Larry, and we've got Rob and Ellen. Yes, and they all suck. And they all suck. And so they're literally just giving them so much hell because they never win against Will and Somehow Grace. Somehow Ellen is still pregnant and or pregnant again. I don't know. That's a weird character Ellen bit to die on. Ellen has been but... pregnant more than Suki was pregnant in 
Gilmore Girls. And yes. I know you don't understand that I reference. I don't understand that at all. But she has, like, four kids in the space of, like, three seasons. It's That's crazy. dumb. It's dumb. Um, But, yeah, she's, like, still pregnant, I guess, or whatever. It's gross. Heterosexuality. Yuck. Reproducing. Meanwhile, the gays kid must be, like, five now or something. The gays kid like is that. probably going off to college. Like, I no, don't she goes know. to college in the revival, remember? Oh, that's right. Because then Larry's like, I've been in love with you for years. And Will's like, please stop. Please, like, please clap. <laughs> no. Why is there a bed in your office, Grace? Why is Larry in the bed? Why is Larry nude? Anyways, so game night. It's going terribly. Will and Grace do not have their homojo back. They do not. And I, I like this part of the episode because, A, it's funny. Yes. I like watching our heroes fail. But B, then when they take the, the time out that they're allowed to take based on the rule book. From 1997. From 1997, right. They really, like, have a real talk. Like, it's probably one of the most effectively done serious talks that Will and Grace has ever done. Yeah. Which is an incredibly low bar to clear. Yes, because they're very bad at this on this show. But, I mean, it, it not only resolves the problem of the immediate episode, it actually is, like, a really interesting conversation about the nature of friendship as you get older and your interests change. Yeah. I mean, Tess and I were kind of talking about this off mic after the episode was over, but it's sort of talking about how, like, you can't just call your friend when, like, really big things happen. Right. Because then you're not really friends with them. Like, your friends need to know when you go off cheese. When you see the rookie and you see Dennis Quaid's jockstrap or whatever the plot of that movie was. Right. It's a cup. He has a cup. Well, he probably has a jockstrap, too. Regardless. But, yeah, if you're not sharing the minute unnecessary details then they you might as well be co-workers you mm-hmm. know right. like friendships are often built on like those weird inside jokes or dumb puns or hey i saw this weird looking dude today right i mean tess and i have our own like weird sets of inside jokes like we will occasionally just text random words or phrases at each other snow is falling or art pop Art pop. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You are listening to this and you don't understand, but that's why our friendship works because yep. we have these shared experiences that we've translated into little tiny things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, it's things like, you know, like I'm not eating cheese or I really like this brand of crackers. Right. Don't buy the other brand of crackers. Right. Like, oh my God, I switched lunch meats and my life is never the same. Right. Like, I know that Tess really likes cheddar, so I always make sure when I buy cheese that I buy some cheddar so that she can have some. I appreciate. And sometimes I eat it all. But that's okay. He still thought of me when he bought it. Mm -hmm. And that's important. Yeah. Literally, I think I just had one of those moments. Oh, it was when I discovered that the Collectivo down the street has the best chai tea. And I don't know why I keep getting their coffee because their coffee sucks, but their chai is great. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like texting you like a paragraph, like an ode to their chai because it was so (laughs) important that you knew that I was off coffee and on chai. Yeah. But like, that is important. Like that's the sort of thing that like real friendships are based on. And that's why Will and Grace have lost their homojo. Yeah, because... To come back full circle. Right. It's because they're not together and they're not doing the little things. Right. And, like, literally they say, like, we're not checking in with each other. Mm-hmm. And the moment that they kind of have that check-in and they, and it, it's over the word homojo, mm-hmm. which, again, is terrible, but is perfect But then, like, them. Will says it independent of Grace saying it. And she's and like, she's I like, had oh, the exact That's exactly what I said. Well, and I like the undertone of that, too, because it's... They think that they've lost their homojo. Right. But really, they're just out of sync. You know? Yeah. Like, they didn't have that exact thought at the exact same time, but they both had that same thought, mm-hmm. and they both recognized that they needed to get back on the same page. Right. So this is kind of them, like, syncing their cycles, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're getting the they're getting the gang back together. Yeah. And it's, just, it's really adorable. It's cute for the plot. They win game nights. They do. So it's a happy ending for everyone. Yes. Except Rob and Ellen and Larry and Joe. I don't even know what Joe's name is. Joe and Larry, yes. Joe and Larry. 
Yes. Um, it's really great, too, because they win. Um, what is the game that they play where they, like, have to describe someone and they name the celebrity? Um, it's it's basically Pyramid, but they don't call it Pyramid because they're not playing it like that. Right. Um, but so basically, like, Will literally just says the word bangs, and she knows immediately that it's fucking Joe from the Facts of Life. Right. Like, and it's hilarious. And then they win. They win in three seconds. They win in three seconds. frankly yep. so impressive. Yep. I'm impressed. So proud of them for winning game night. Also, like, sidebar before we go, like... Clearly, that means that Robin Allen and Joe and Larry are really bad if they could win off one question. Right. If they were in third place and won off of one question, right. like, they, they were don't... clearly not that far behind the other team. They deserve to have Will and Grace dance around with the suck on it cup. Maybe I'm just not understanding the rules of game night, but, like, if, if it, all it took is Will and Grace saying the right answer to win, I think that means they were tied. Yeah. Like, that's... It seems like that was a tiebreaker. That's how math works. Unless you, like, time it so it's like, oh, if you get the answer in, like, so many seconds, you get X extra points. But that's clear, yeah. That seems dumb. That's not what happened. I hate it. I don't know. Maybe you get extra points if you get it within the last three seconds because it's harder. Listeners, if you understand Game Night, could you explain it to us? I mean, it's not like it's True American. Sidebar, we should play True American. No one wants to play True American. Also, we don't have enough friends anymore. Be our friend and come play True American with us. Don't do that. Don't come to our house. We'll just make weird inside jokes and you'll be like, what the fuck are these people talking about? And we'll be like, sorry. Also, if you do want to come to our house, you should ask first. Tess, will you tell them where they can ask to come to our house? If you want to ask us if you can come to our house, the best place to do that is on our Twitter page. We are at Not A Couple Show. However, we will not DM you our address because that's dangerous. That's really dangerous, yeah. Um, but other places that you could harass us for our location include... Again, don't harass us. Don't do this. But if you're going to do it on Tumblr <laughs> or Facebook, um, you can do it in our iTunes comments. You can do it on Podbean. Wonderful. Thanks so much for listening to us this week, everybody. We had a great time, and we will be back next week with more Will and Grace. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hello, Eliza. This week's episode was brought to you by Mini Driver's unexpectedly impressive resume. Did you know that Mini Driver voiced Jane in Tarzan? We didn't! Mini Driver's impressive resume. Look it up. <laughs>